Hello, my fellow sovereigns. Oh my gosh, I am so excited for this episode of the Ground Yourself podcast because it has been a long time coming. This year, we had a pretty epic transformation. And as I'm recording this, I was just reflecting that just a year ago, we were all looking up houses and looking at like, you know, houses and, you know, basically real estate porn is what I call it. <laughs> You're just scanning through the houses and looking and imagining what you could do with them. And ooh, ooh, so sexy. Just all the houses and the price tags and all, so much fun. But little did I know that right at this time, our dream house was coming on the market like right around this time last year as of recording this, in, which is in July. And we were here in like June, July and drove right past the area and didn't feel it, didn't see it, didn't, didn't kind of like kind of had feelers. So it's just this, this manifestation is probably like our biggest yet for sure, aside from, you know, businesses and children and all that. But, oh, and a TEDx talk that, that one was pretty big too. And Australia, that was pretty big, pretty awesome too. But but the the house was really, it was a collective manifestation. And so I hope as you listen to this episode, you hear the power of collective, collective thought in a way, because it wasn't just me. It was me, my husband, my mom, my two boys. I mean, Colton was one, so he didn't really have that much of an input, but Declan definitely had some input as far as what he wanted and that the experience of of coming together. And it reminds me of in the Bible, because I was raised Christian and, and growing up, you learn that when two or more are gathered in prayer, that God is there. And I believe that it's in those moments when it, we are in relationship that God's source universe is like magnified in its presence through us, in us, between us, all around us. It's it's a collective. And when you collectively set an intention in a relationship, that makes magic happen. And that is how we manifested our dream home. And I get into all the details and all the doubts. I mean, it was not an easy road by any, by any means. Like there were definitely some hiccups and wrenches thrown in at the last minute. And, you know, there was a point that we, I literally like, we, we all had plane tickets booked. We had pods booked. We had our house was on the market and I was ready to throw in the towel and say, nope, surrender it. If they want to do this deal, I, I'm not doing that. And yet, here we are. And so it speaks to, it's a story that speaks to the power of non-attachment. It is a story that speaks to collective manifestation and the power of collective intention and in truly being clear and specific with what it is that you want. Enjoy the story. It's a true story. <laughs> it's not based on a true story. It is a true story. And I am so excited to share it with you. Welcome to the Crown Yourself Podcast, where together we build your empire and transform your subconscious stories about what's possible for your business, body, and life. 
I'm your host, Kimberly Spencer, founder of crownyourself.com, and I'm a master mindset coach, best-selling author, TEDx speaker, known to my clients as a game changer. Each week, you get the conscious leadership strategies you need to help you reign with courage, clarity, and confidence so that you too can make the income and impact you deserve. Imagine this podcast as your royal invitation to step into your full potential and reign in your divine purpose. Your sovereignty starts here and your reign is now. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Crown Yourself podcast. I am so excited to be here with you today. As always, shower yourself in some gratitude because we woke up today. I woke up feeling so inspired. I have been on this quest recently since coming back from LA and moving and all of the the craziness of just the amount of transformation in one quarter. My priority has really been sleep and because I have been prioritizing sleep, I have been waking up so inspired and rested and it's awesome. And I'm so like, it's countering all of these beliefs in my head of how I used to work when I was younger of, you know, working the late nights and whatnot. And it's, I'm, I'm so excited to be challenging these belief systems because the sleep and the inspiration of what's actually happening because I'm sleeping more is phenomenal. And it feels so good because, you know, I'm sleeping in my home like it's my home and I, I this podcast is a long time coming because I've had several of you ask how did I manifest my dream house like my dream house and I figured why not just do a podcast on it because it really was a journey and I there were many parts of the journey that are all around the belief system of what I teach, what I talk about in Crown Yourself, how, you know, reprogramming the subconscious mind, the art of detachment, focusing on what you want, all of it. We pulled out literally collectively all the tools that we could in the book um, <laughs> to be able to manifest this house. And so, um, and by I say we, I say we because it was me, my husband, and my mom. Because when we moved back from Australia, we knew that she wasn't going to stay in California. We didn't want to stay in California. The tax breaks in Texas are phenomenal. <laughs> so I'm very excited about that. And then the quality and cost of living. It's just so, it, it just financially, it made such a... It made so much more sense. And also for her, because she was moving into retirement. She still had her business um, back then, but she was moving into retirement. And your money can stretch a lot further in Texas. And so when we had moved back, we moved back in January from Australia in January of 2022, right after my mom had lost her mother and her sister. This is in the same year that like the previous January prior, we lost my dad. And so there was a lot of trauma, to be quite frank, like a lot of healing, a lot of grief, a lot of just letting go. And then not to mention it, you know, we moved back and we moved into my childhood home for for the time because we knew it was just not it didn't make financial sense to rent a place, get our own place. My mom was living alone in a big house and I wanted to 
make sure she was supported. But because it was my childhood home, like on that street, we lost one of my childhood friends um, at the age of 28 to fentanyl that same year. And we lost my neighbor as well. And then our realtor (laughs) died as well. And who was a close uh, fr- friend of my family like he was my dad's best friend and so it was it was this bananas scenario and that's going to make sense that's going to circle back as to how the universe is so interconnected and how i personally believe having gone through a lot of loss in the past 3 years that nobody's ever really lost like they've just passed on and that energy is just transmuted and i do feel so guided to where we are. And I know that I have a support network on the other side that is just rocking, pun intended, pun not intended when I initially said that. But if if you know, my dad's name was Rock. So it it makes sense. So when we got back, we chose to, to be there with my mom and kind of start clearing out the house, getting my dad's stuff out, you know. And then on top of it, when we moved back, we had my aunt stuff, my grandma stuff, and we had to sell their house and whatnot. And so there was a lot of this like circulatory transition. And we had made the decision. We knew that we wanted to move to Texas. And my mom was like, I'm going to (laughs) come. Like, we're all going to go together. She didn't want to be alone again. And it's been so great to have her with the boys and supporting our, our boys and just being together and and just she's such a champion for me. And I I really, really appreciate how much she loves my kids and how much she watches them. So we made the decision to move to Texas. But my mom, in her motherly way, she's like, I have to see it. I have to. And I was like that. You know what? Honestly, that makes sense. Because one of the things I teach all of my clients is all the different types of thinkers. And so when you speak to all the different types of thinkers, you are able to vary your communication. And that creates the law of requisite variety of the person with the most behavioral flexibility wins the day. And my I didn't know this until later on in life. It would have served me so powerfully having known this earlier on. But I'm much more of a why thinker. I'm the big picture. I need to be able to have the overarching vision. I hold that vision and I need to know the purpose of like where it's where where these acts and, and things are leading. My husband is much more he's a why to a degree, but he's much more of the how. He needs to know how to do it. He needs to know the tactile step by step. Give him a step by step manual. He follows it through to completion. I'm the one who's like, let's hold the vision and maybe skip some steps. And he's like, uh, no, we're not skipping those those steps. And my mom is a what if thinker. And these thinkers are, they are the ones who you want on your team, but they also may be the ones that, and I say this with all the love in the world, mom, that may annoy you from time to time on your team because they're the ones who will find every single hole, flaw, loophole, circular, like they will come up with the questions. They will poke holes in what you are creating and you it does make you a stronger creator, but it can be annoying as fuck if you don't know that, oh, that's just their thinking process. They're just a what if thinker. And they're the ones who, if you ever teach a training, they're the ones with all the questions at the end who like have a question that comes out of seemingly left field where you're like, oh, I never even thought of that perspective. So 
she loves to kind of find those loopholes. That's just how she thinks. So in June of 2022, we went to Texas. And we flew into San Antonio. We figured we'd start with San Antonio and then we'd do Austin. And we drove around San Antonio. We drove through all the cute little towns of like Bernie and uh, New Braunfels. And we thought we're thinking maybe like Fredericksburg, maybe Kerrville. And then all the all the people from Texas are like, you don't want to do Fredericksburg. Fredericksburg is so over over done and we went to Kerrville didn't have the best feeling there it was just like it didn't feel fully what we wanted it to feel like we checked out Bernie we visited another one of my my friends and former Pilates clients she was actually my women's health advisor during my first pregnancy she was actually on this podcast Abigail Reagan we visited her on that trip and then we were looking around and there were many places but and we saw a couple of houses but there were certain things that it just missed the mark like some houses were not you know constructed in a way that seemed like logical for us all living together because we definitely wanted to have our open spaces but also have our private closed spaces and so we just were looking around and then we flew back and my mom, Spike, and I had a sit-down meeting. And prior to this, we had consulted with the boys. Not so much Colton. Like, Colton definitely had his say, but, you know, he was one and not really talking. So he was like, ah, cool. And so, so his opinion was valued, but it was it was minimal at, at best um, as far as, like, what he could contribute to the conversation. But Declan certainly had his opinions of certain things that he wanted. He wanted to have a room that he could have bunk beds in. And so we wanted to make him give him that. And then my mom, Spike, and I all sat down and we got very, very, very clear and on what on what it was we wanted. We wrote a list down of the, I think it was maybe 15 things we wanted. And we said, okay, we want over two acres. So because a lot of the properties we'd see a big house, but it would be on like postage stamp of land. So we and we wanted to make sure that it wasn't in a HOA. We wanted to have many specifics in regards to how our house was going to be. And we figured, you know, we're moving to Texas to be able to do as we like to create the house and home that we want. We don't want it to really be in a hole where they're like, no, you can't add on a pool or you can't add on a garage or something, you know. Uh, no, you can't Airbnb certain pieces of, you know, your property. So I, we wanted to have that freedom to be able to do as we like in our own home. And so we did that in June of this past year. And then we planned another trip to fly out to Austin that, you know, we didn't feel like we had so much luck around San Antonio. We like some of the smaller town feels, but we were also like, maybe we're more Austin. I mean, I'm from L.A. And I said, well, let's let's try Austin. Let's drive around Austin. So we rented two Airbnbs, one in Driftwood, which is this really cute small town. And we were in a modular home that couldn't have manifested it better, like 
It was directly, it was in wine country. It was directly across from this like really cool mezcal distillery that played live music and had a a taco truck outside, like a, a legit like food truck with like foodie options, like gourmet tacos. So that was delightful. And then we also planned to look at more like Austin proper. So like Bee Cave and those spaces. And we were looking around. So we rented two Airbnbs because Texas is so giant. Like you want to, we wanted to get a lay of the land, just like Los Angeles. Like if you live in Eagle Rock, it's very different than living in Venice. So we wanted to kind of get the vibe as far as where we wanted to be. So we come out in October, and this was my brilliant plan to come out in October and do trick-or-treating because it was going to be Halloween. And I said, what better way to scope out real estate than do it in a fun way and do it trick-or-treating? And and so we, I planned out, I went, we went to all of these Halloween events all around Austin, Texas, because we wanted to have like we want to see what were the little cities or where where was the area in Austin that really felt like this community vibe. That's what we wanted as one of the big pieces of moving to Texas is we wanted to have a deep connection with our community. We wanted to build that community structure. We wanted to make sure our kids are raised because it's just something that I I love I've loved living here so so far because people are ju- they show up for each other like genuinely and sometimes in LA having grown up there sometimes the the showing up is more out of expectation or obligation of like okay what are they going to ask from me what are were they going to ask me to do what are they going to ask me to get for them what you know it's the connections and community are are more leverageable like it's more from a, a what I've seen is a lot of times it can be from like, what can I get from this person? And I hate that. I absolutely hate that because it's using someone. And so I love living in a place that has community where people just show up regardless. They really don't care about your background or who you are or even who you vote for, quite frankly. Like they are, they show up for you and it's, it is that is something that I absolutely love. But we were looking for that. Like, we literally were looking for that. And so we were going to all of these Halloween events. And also, one of Spike's friends from high school was his fellow high school cheerleader. And she became a realtor. We said, okay, well, you know, you're sending us some properties. Like, you just be a realtor. And she's like, let me show you around. Let me show you some properties. And so we started looking. We started actually looking for properties because that was my mom and her what if thinking brain. She's like, I need to go inside the actual properties. I'm like, let's just, I, th- I thought we were just like, let's casually browse. And she's like, no, we're going to go inside the properties. So I was like, oh, all right. Freight train. Like we're going to we're moving on this. We're we're doing this. She was she was fully gung ho. And so we looked at some properties, saw some interesting ones. <laughs> we saw this one that literally we went into the master bedroom and we looked up and it looked like there was a balcony around it. And then we went upstairs and looked down on it. And there, it literally, there was a viewing platform of the bed of the master bedroom. Good on you, mates. Like, 
week <laughs> for creating the house. And apparently the house had been designed by the owners and they designed it exactly the way they wanted it. It had a yoga studio, like a dance studio. So that was part of something that I wanted. I wanted it to have, be able to have a gym, have a yoga dance studio, like a big gym physical space. But my goodness, yeah, we saw that bed and that balustrade and I was like, uh, yeah, for some that might be like their thing and rock on if that is yours. For us, we were like, we don't really need a viewing platform of our sexual endeavors. (laughs) So we skipped on that one. There were some other ones that we saw and... We were we were getting a, a vibe for like, okay, this one's nice. We saw like probably about nine houses in total. But it wasn't until right before Halloween, because on Halloween we were moving Airbnbs to be farther away from the hill country to be more up in like Austin proper and Bee Cave area. And, and so there was this moment, just a, a, a moment where I was up late and kind of like sometimes I my, I'm still working on what my ideal sleep schedule is because I do love waking up early in the morning and exercising this is a bit of a tangent but I will it will lead somewhere I promise but there's something about the nighttime when it's quiet and that I just kind of get these hits of inspiration and it's been that way ever since I was a kid and so I was just lying in bed. It was probably about midnight. And my gut was like, check your phone. And I was like, okay. And I started looking. And then I, my, my gut also was like, look, look down, look down, like not look down, like look down, like move the map down. And I looked and I was looking inside our filter criteria on Trulia, realtor.com, something like that. And I looked And I saw this house and I was like, oh, and then I knew we had a couple others that were around or near there. So I I was like, and then I saw this other house and I was like, oh, which literally looked like the house that Spike and I had put on our vision board, very Spanish style. Um, And then then I saw this other house that was fit our criteria. And I was like, oh, but it was this one that I do remember the moment when I saw it. And it was this moment of like oh, that's a possibility. And it honestly was the same gut feeling that I had when I met my husband. And it honestly, here's the crazy part. So when I met my husband, I was in a then on off kind of relationship with uh, a man I'd been dating for about four or five, six months. And I ended it with him. I went on my first date with my husband and then I wasn't planning on committing to anything. So I, there were a couple other gentlemen at the time who were interested. And so I was dating three men at the same time and I was having the time of my life because I knew that one of them was it. And I thought it was going to be possibly someone else. I, th- I, I thought I was thought it was going to be this writer that we had just always had this connection, but we'd always been in relationships. And this was the first time that he and I were not in relationships. And so we were like, okay, well, like this. And so and Spike was totally open. In fact, I was very honest with him after our uh, second date. I said, oh, I have a date in the morning. I have a hiking date. And he's like, okay, rock on. <laughs> like, 
So it, there was, and it was a short period. It wasn't a long time. It was, but I remember my mom asking me around that time. She said, she said, what? what's going on with you? Like, there, I don't know who you're dating anymore. I said, there are three men. And I said, uh, there, one of them is it. And I said, my, I, I know one of them is the one. And I said, I'm just willing to discover who that is. And so one of them weeded himself out pretty fast. The other one who I thought was going to be it did just didn't actually fit. Like it was so interesting. But Spike, he was persistent. He was consistent. And the same was true. I had the same gut feeling. The same and I turned to my mom and I said the same damn thing. I said, we were gonna go see three houses that day. And it was the night before. And my mom goes, What do you think, Kim? And I said, one of them is going to be the one. I just don't know which one it is. And the one that I thought was going to be the one turned out to not really be the, it was the the Spanish style. And that was the one that Spike saw. And he was like, oh my gosh, yes, this one looks like it's going to be the one. But when we saw it, it didn't have the right acreage. It did have, you know, over five acres, but only the one acre was usable because the rest was down a hill slope that was totally like fire danger. Um, and coming from LA, I was like, nope, not available for that. So even though the house was gorgeous and, and really fit that Spanish style that we love, I I was like, no, that's, that's, unfortunately, it's not it. And it felt like just the same way, like with that one gentleman that I was dating that I was like, oh, it looked like so good. And I thought like, oh my gosh, this seems like it would be exactly what it is. And nope. Here's the crazy part. It happened in the same order. So we first that day when we went to the house showings, we first went to the house that is now ours. And we saw it and I was like, my heart just was like, oh, hot damn. And it had this feeling of expansiveness. And it had this feeling of ambition and purpose and it you know the owners the former owners were were entrepreneurs and like it just had this like just exciting feeling and then as I'm walking past it I see the stone that's on the outside and it said that those that we have lost are never gone and I saw that and I just knew because it was written on a fucking rock. (laughs) What more of a sign could I have asked for? (laughs) My dad's name was right. It was just, it was so fortuitous. And I just felt like this, like, oh my gosh, this, wow, this is it. And then I said, well, okay, we still have two other houses to look at. We looked at that one Spanish style. And then I was like, oh, that actually wasn't exactly what I thought it was going to be. And then we saw this, the third one, which was very much like that third gentleman that I was dating back 10 years ago, where I was just like, we walked in, there was like a funky vibe. There was just like, no, no, this seems a little too, no. It was just, there were certain, it was an energy, it was a funky feeling. And we said, okay, all right, that's, that's, yeah, that's, no, (laughs) no, not it. Um, It was just, it was just a funky vibe. And so we went back, we all discussed and we said, okay, like, what do you think? And it was very clear as far as which one it was. And so we put an offer in that night and I wrote a letter to the, the owners 
and I shared with them about our experience, about what was happening, about our experience over the past couple of years, about losing my dad, about when I went up into one of the one of the bedrooms, the hat like their their son or maybe their the husband wore the cowboy hats that my dad used to wear and I saw it hanging on the wall I was like oh okay another like very clear and now of course this is Texas so like yes there's probably more than one room that wears hats but this was it was so clear and it just was such a gut instinct sign that I said okay like here are all the signs as to why I think this is our home um, and why you should sell to us. And I just I wrote the letter and fast forward it they accepted our offer and it was a cash contingent offer. So we also had to sell my childhood home in Burbank because we one of the big things that we wanted to have was equity in our home. We wanted to own it outright. We didn't want to go through a bank. We didn't want to go through a loan. We didn't want to go through all that that shenanigans in that process, um, especially as entrepreneurs. <laughs> like, especially as entrepreneurs, like all three of us are entrepreneurs, including my mother. So that I was like, no, that's that's not going to happen. So they accept the offer cash contingent. Great. We go look at the house one more time and I see the the owner and she says, it was your letter that sealed the deal. She said, I don't know if you know, but my husband's father is currently on a ventilator as well. And I said, oh, I'm so sorry. And we just connected through that. Because during the course of the process, he lost his father as well. And I just, my heart went out to them. Because I know, such a big life transition, moving, being, you know, being in a new house, etc. And that, so they were moving. And we just set the intention. And then we, we went back to California. We originally were just going to list the house ourselves. Um, Because Spike used to do real estate. But because it's California and California buyers are picky, we decided to go with a real, open the option to go with a realtor. So my, our realtor in Texas, Spike's childhood cheerleader uh, friend, she is like, oh, I know this great realtor. She's out of uh, California. And she gave us the realtor and we're like, Oh my God, we know her. And I thought, you know, it's not that small town, but she was the sister of the realtor who died, who was my dad's best friend. So I'm sitting there like, okay, this is another God moment. This is another universe saying, okay, go with this. And the beautiful piece was then we went to work because we had so much clutter to clear out of that childhood home so much clutter so much furniture that we saw that we're like no we're not we're not taking this like we we went to town for two and a half weeks 19 days we flipped that property to be able to get it to be on the market and then of course we listed right after black friday like december 1st or something like it was we were able to list it but we listed it right at the holiday season and so we were getting people coming to our open houses 
my um, the realtor in California, she was like, I have never seen anyone flip a property that fast, especially she goes seeing the state that it was in. Not that it was in a bad state. It was just in a cluttered state. There was a lot of junk, a lot of stuff. We probably had at least... 12 giant trash pickups of of just junk because if you think about it energetically like my childhood home had a lot of a lot of junk there was a lot of metaphorical junk my dad we had that mantle that damn mantle that I talked about in the TED talk to to get rid of that never was used that we had to you know his roll top desk and things that he he loved and bought it was said that he loved it but bought them and didn't use them and so he he would do that when he was high and so we had a lot of stuff to get rid of but we flipped that property in 19 days and our realtor was like I have never seen any team move that fast and I just was like all in I had painters flowing in, I had movers, I had pods set up, I had everything planned out so that I knew that when we, as soon as we landed in California, it was like execute time. And so that was what happened. And so, but we listed it and I had the intention to list it. I thought it was going to take a week. Of course, I was over overly ambitious in my goal. <laughs> I, I, that's one thing that I'm working on consistently, but I was like, okay, it's the Christmas holidays. And so we had two weeks of showings until then Christmas holidays and nothing. And so we filed for an extension. The The owners of the house in Texas accepted. And we said, you know, this is, we're, we're working on this. A house can move fast in California, especially listed at the price that it was. It was a competitive price. But at the same time, like the owners of the house in Texas, they'd moved out. They thought like, oh, this was going to be a done deal. Unfortunately, their realtor, from at least our perspective, hadn't prepared them to say like cash contingent offers can take a little longer because the house actually does have to sell. And because that of that, and then because of the challenges that they were facing personally, there was a communication breakdown. And where they were surprised at certain aspects of needing an extension. And there was a perception that we weren't doing our part. And I was working all my magic of perception projection in that space. As soon as things started to get funky with with our relationship with the owners, because I wanted to have a good relationship because we were buying the property. Yeah, but we also were buying their donkeys and their goats and their chickens. <laughs> and we were making sure that like, so we also needed help with some of that information. So we wanted to make sure we were like, it was our intention to have it be on good terms. And then suddenly, Within, I think it was, it was December, suddenly the broker gets in, their broker. And I get this gut feeling where I'm like, oh no. And my gut, I trust it. And I said, I don't know what it is, but the fe- the fact that this broker is getting involved, I don't, I don't feel comfortable. Like, not that I wasn't going to proceed, but I was like, there is something about this that is thrown, like, it, it felt like a cog and a wrench or you know that metaphor the metaphor is not fully coming through for me but I just had a gut feeling as soon as I saw the text message that uh, the the broker was coming into the conversation and that's when 
we had to really start doing our inner work because we were navigating dealing with a broker who was volatile, insulting to our character, and just plain rude like literally was trying to like wheel and deal when I was like there's there's no wheeling and dealing like either we get the house or we don't and to the point and this was this was a couple weeks and to the point that on Christmas we were messaging back in, like messaging with our realtor like that there were contracts and no oh, people weren't signing and they weren't signing the we had to do one more extension. And we said, look, it's the Christmas holidays. Like, nothing's moving. Like, give us a break. We have worked our asses off. And we were accused of being lazy and not doing the work and stringing their client along. And I was like, there's just nothing in my being. But it was this whole nasty shadow perception that suddenly Spike, myself, and my mom were all working through. And so we we got to the point where we said, look, we're going to do a buyer's early lease and move in earlier and then we'll pay you to live there until we so that that way the sellers were going to get a nice hefty deposit of like non-refundable and the and then we would move in and then on top of that we would pay a monthly lease until our property in California sold. And the broker decided to play hardball and wanted to put a deadline on how long that that money non-refundable. And it was like it was a good chunk of money. It was a good six figures of money that we were saying was going to be non-refundable that we were willing to put up um, to say, like, this is pure good faith of we are working our asses off to get our house sold and to get this done. And the broker wanted to put a deadline on that. And we had a sit down and we said, no, (laughs) no, we're not going to hand over that amount of money with a deadline that puts the like a Damocles, the sort of a sort of Damocles over us. Not going to happen. And I remember being in the space where I was like, if they commit to saying that this is like that, that's the only way that they're going to sign the extension, then fine. We walk away. We let go of the property. We let it go. And I said, because I also informed the realtor, like in Texas, for a property of the size that we were buying, it takes about 171 days. This is where knowing your numbers comes into play. Like always know your numbers. And I looked at the time, the time, the opportunity cost. So I thought of this from a sales perspective. And I said, the time in which it takes for a house in California of what we were selling to sell takes about 45 days max. The time for a house in Texas of the same value to sell takes about 171 days. So I understand the frustration on behalf of the sellers. They had had this house listed. And here's a beautiful thing. Here's the most magical thing. They listed the house in July, right after we had created our list of everything that we wanted. They listed the house in July and it had everything that we wanted. Literally ticked off every single one of the boxes except for one that is the easiest remodel that is uh, a gas stove in the kitchen. Anyways, so we were at the space where we said we are not willing to lose, to have even the risk of losing upwards of six figures on an arbitrary deadline when we know the house in California is going to sell. 
Like, we know it's going to sell. It just needs to get through Christmas. Like, just bear with us. Or we can just let it go. And I, we already had our plane tickets booked for January. We already had accommodations booked for uh, Airbnb to be able to stay as like the transitory time. I had pods booked for delivering our furniture. Everything was set and ready. And it came down to us like signing this contract that didn't align with our boundaries. And I was like, no, we're not playing hardball with this. Like, and the question came up, obviously, well, if that happens, like, do we still fly to Texas in January? I said, absolutely. We will fly to Texas and we'll start looking for new houses immediately. I got to the point where I said, I completely detached from this house. I said, if it is meant to be, it is this or something better. But I said that there is no way that we are putting that amount of money at risk for an arbitrary deadline that's a a few weeks out, like not happening. And we we all agreed and held our boundary. And it turns out that the broker had had his clients sign two contracts, both at the same time, one that had the deadline and then one that didn't. And he just wanted to play hardball. And that was where I, I looked at that and I just laughed and I said, oh, that is the devil archetype in play. And I say, and I don't, I'm not calling him the devil. I do not think that. I am saying the devil archetype is the one that flips things on its head. It turns things upside down. It has, and if you are able to laugh at it and see it for what it is and be like, that's so silly. That's ridiculous. And we're not doing that. <laughs> like, If you're able to laugh at it, that's what diminishes its power. So I saw that and immediately I was like, oh, <laughs> silly. And I said, okay, great. So we were able to, we put down the non-refundable deposit, moved in, still we're waiting on the house to sell. And I said, we just need to get to Texas. And here's where the magic of pure manifestation comes into play. We get on the plane, January 13th. That is the day my dad died, two years prior. We land at our layover. And I turn back on my phone. And I get a text from our California realtor who says, we just got an offer for asking price for the California home. And I was like, <sighs> it just, I, I knew it. And I said, great. And I I told my mom, we accepted, and it was from there, just trusting that all would be well and wonderful. And we kept going in pure faith, and we moved into the house that in mid-January. And as we were moving in, we find out that the house inspection came in lower. And I looked at it and I had I'd had a gut feeling that this was going to happen. And I always trust it. And I said, OK, what is it we need to learn from this? What is it like? I had tried to sh- use all my use all my powers of my unconscious mind and of the collective consciousness to, to shift that. But it is what it is. And so I need I was like, OK, well, what do we need to learn from this? OK, we need to learn to surrender and let go. And that's totally fine. We can cover the difference. And. So we agreed on the reduced price in California and closed in a month later and on our dream home. 
and I'm still pinching myself because it was just this radical testimony to everything we practice and that that we I teach everything that I I tell my clients to do everything that like everything that I work on within myself it was it was we had to pull out all our tools to up level because when you're moving to any space it's requiring you to grow into that space so the biggest takeaway for me was not only yes I fucking can do it and so can you it was practicing that art of detaching from the outcome, of trusting that if it's not, if it's this or something better, period. Okay, keep moving, keep going. And it also showed me a working mode that used to be, I would say, not put down, but frowned upon. And I call it Kimberly Freight Train Working Mode. We're working on the official title, but it's where... I just move like a freight train toward one specific goal and then that shit gets done really, really fucking fast. And it's because I back it with full belief and full faith and full knowing and full trust and and a solid plan as well moving toward that goal. And I said, if I applied this to my businesses, what then could we accomplish in this next year? Which is how then we came up with the first 15 initiative for both of our companies was to release and to free because our we're in the business of transforming people's stories into greater possibility. So it is my intention and contention that this story inspires you to hold your own boundaries, to detach from the outcome, to hold what it is that you want with pure faith to be crystal motherfucking clear as far as what you want and to choose to not settle for anything less than it. And that if it's not this, then it's something better because something better is always around the corner waiting for you if this is not what is meant to be. But fortunately, sometimes this is what's meant to be and you get to create a new reality and a new paradigm through who is birthed through the experiences that challenge you to be your most courageous confident self as always my fellow sovereigns if you love this episode if it was a value to you let me know like i love hearing from you in my stories and also, share it with a friend. Maybe you have a friend who's going through their own home buyer process, which can definitely be a saga and filled with lots of emotions. So emotional regulation was, by the way, so helpful. The fact that I had exercise and was training for a marathon, that was a game changer, just being able to regulate my emotional and mental well-being. But I hope that this episode served you and I hope that it serves someone else who's in the process of buying their dream home so that you don't settle, you choose what you want and you go after it like a motherfucking beast or like the sovereign that you are. As always, own your throne, mind your business because your reign is now. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If what you heard resonated with you, be sure to subscribe and start creating a bigger impact now by sharing this with a friend. 
Just by doing that one simple act of kindness, you are creating a royal ripple to support more people in their sovereignty. And if you're not already following on social media, connect with me everywhere at crownyourself.now for more inspiration. I am so excited to connect with you in the next episode. And in the meantime, go out there and create a body, business, and life that rules. Because today, you crown yourself.